Mm. Welcome back, everyone, to the High Tempo Sports Podcast, episode 184. Today, we are finally back to talk about playoff basketball. Quick couple of disclaimers. Uh, It's been a while since we've talked about playoff basketball because our last episode was a strict football episode. We have not even talked about the second round really at all on the podcast yet. Uh, For a few reasons, just a busy time of the year right now, Mm -hmm. finals week. Easton's got a lot going on with basketball. Um, and as you can probably hear from my voice, I'm very stuffy right now. So I'm, I'm feeling better, but I'm still, you can definitely tell my voice. So if I'm sniffling and coughing a little bit, sorry about that. I'm gonna do my best to keep it under control, but there's nothing worse than this time of the year for us, us fellow podcasters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cause all of a sudden my allergies start going crazy. Me I've been too. lucky cause I've been in the gym the last few days, but usually my allergies are the ones going crazy Same, yeah i just started mowing lawns this week so that totally does not help it at all but i'm, I'm feeling better i just i just still sound like i'm very congested which mm-hmm. i am but so sorry about that just a quick disclaimer uh second disclaimer we are recording uh on sunday morning right now or sunday around 12 o'clock so by the time this does come out it probably uh the, the sunday games have probably happened or are happening so just so you know, as we are recording this, uh, this is while all game threes, we're through game three of all four series. Uh, so we figured that would be a good point to talk about mm-hmm. this second round and get into it. So is there anything else we need to say before we, we start talking about it? Go Lions. I mean, that's why that's yeah. one of the, that's one of the other reasons we haven't been talking playoffs is because so much has been going on in the Lions. We've been discussing Lions right. for a while now with the draft and now we're back to basketball basketball for the next time being. yeah if you missed our last episode go check it out we did a full draft uh lions draft recap and i think we will have another type of episode like that at some point with boohur just, yeah, to, for just sure. to get his analysis on everything that went down uh maybe that can come a little bit later as we get closer to training camp something like that yeah but yeah, we'll, yeah we'll see about that uh, before we talk about playoff things, we just have a couple of news. Speaking of Lions, by the way, Amon Ra, same round at the Lakers game last night, sitting right behind the Lakers bench. There's That's like hard. this picture where they zoomed in on LeBron on the bench, and Amon Ra's just like right behind him. <laughs> it was really funny. Him and Marvin Jones and Keenan Allen, they were they were there together. Um, but let's talk about a couple news things that have happened before we talk about the playoffs. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks have gotten rid of Coach Mike Boonholzer. Uh, this was kind of expected after their surprising first-round loss to the Miami Heat, who are now obviously in the second round. Uh, this was, like I said, it was kind of expected just because Bud kind of took the flack for not making any changes throughout mm-hmm. the series at all. And he, other than winning the championship, obviously, which definitely helps, he has been a kind of a guy that's been on the hot seat for <laughs> for some time, even though he's been such a successful coach. I think he has like one of the highest winning percentages in the regular season of a coach like of all time. Yeah, he probably, I mean, with the Hawks, with how good they were in yeah. the regular season. And we all knew, I mean, Coach Bud, after right before the championship, we all thought he was gone. And it's been the same thing his whole his whole career is the lack of adjustments when it comes to a playoff series. It was so, so, it's crazy that they yeah. fired him so quickly. Exactly. And so hopefully this doesn't mean um, Charles Lee was a prime candidate for the uh, Detroit Pistons job, which I think he's one of the three finalists. We're going to talk a little bit more about Pistons uh, coaching vacancy after we get into playoff talk. But hopefully this doesn't mean that they're just going to let or promote Charles Lee into that head coaching role because uh, he definitely could be a great job for the for the Pistons, but this Bucks job probably becomes the most like flattering job on the market right now. The Pistons job probably low key was the best job on the market mm-hmm. just because of all the young talent. 
but this Bucks job clearly is. Yeah, I mean, when you can step in and be a championship favorite day one, I, I, that's probably the best, best job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would assume Nick Nurse. This this job screams yeah, Nick for Nurse, sure. which like it would just be weird him going from Toronto to Milwaukee just because like they play in the conference finals and they won and everything, but. It wouldn't be that weird. I, I could totally see it. Yeah, I saw a stat the other day. That since 2015, every coach of the year is now not with their team. Or maybe it's ah, – never mind because the stat is weird. It might have been every coach to win a finals other than Steve Kerr is no longer with that team still. And that that's yeah. what it was because Frank Vogel's gone. Ty Lue is gone. Nick Nurse is gone. Yep. Uh, just so interesting how quickly coaches can win a ring and Coach Bud is now gone yeah. and then be gone the next year. That's true, yeah. It's uh, definitely really – it doesn't really matter. It shows you how much they value the, the coaching in this mm-hmm. league. I mean, you can hire the right guy, but if you're all the right team, it doesn't really mean much. Um, then the other thing, Bronny James committed to USC yesterday. This was pretty expected. It kind of was down to USC and Ohio State, and it, it didn't really seem like he was going to go to Ohio State uh, unfortunately, the the USC move to the Big Ten is not till next season, the 2024. So uh, I assume Bronny James will be a one-and-done player and will not play in the Big Ten, which sucks because imagine if he would have came to the Breslin Center, dude. We would have been so, so hype. We would have been there. I mean, been awesome. in a heartbeat. For sure would have been there. Oh, my God. I, and it really sucks that this is the case. Maybe he stays for two years, though. Hopefully, he could. Hopefully. I mean, there's a chance. There's a little chance. But this team has like, lo- got the loaded freshman between uh, Boogie Ellis and – Isaiah Collier. Yep. Uh, this this team should be a lot of fun to watch. It should be fun. It's I'm interested to see how those three play because they're all three small guards. So I don't know if I, I would assume that one of them comes off the bench. Obviously Boogie Ellis can't because he's been there. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Collier's number one player in the country. But you have LeBron James' son. So like who <laughs> who do you? What is the pecking order there? Maybe you decide to start all three of them. Who knows? We'll see how how USC handles that. I'm excited to see how that goes down. All right, let's get into some playoff basketball talk today. At 3.30, we have the three-seeded Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Celtics. Celtics are up two games to one. This is going to be a fun series, or I mean a fun game, because this is a pivotal game for the Philadelphia 76ers. You do not want to go down three games to one, headed back to Boston. Uh, Last, you know, in game one, we had this epic James Harden performance with Joel Embiid out. Since Joel Embiid has returned to lineup, Harden has not been that that player, uh, and they've they've lost both games in, mm-hmm. in game two and three. So I, I'm interested to see how this series goes, but I feel like the Celtics are going to end up taking this series. I just don't know who wins this game. This is a really important game. Yeah, it's a must-win game, no doubt, for the Philadelphia 76ers. The Celtics haven't looked, honestly, like that that good, that that dominant, especially losing to a Joel Embiid-less uh, Philadelphia 76ers team their defense just isn't at the same level that it feels like it was uh last year but I still think they're gonna take the series I mean Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combined for 50 in game uh three I think they can they probably need to get those numbers up with those two to me they should be combining for 60 in playoff basketball games uh but it just hasn't happened yet uh, I'm really excited to see where this series goes to. Yeah, Tatum definitely underperformed in their last game, but it didn't matter because you had Al Horford. I think he had five threes. <laughs> I mean, like that's that's just the thing about this Celtics team is they have so many guys that can just be that X factor on a given night. Derek White, Malcolm yeah. Brogdon, Marcus Smart, obviously Al Horford, Grant Williams, who got his face who got curb stomped into the by Joel Embiid. Like any of those guys can be the X factor on a given night. Whereas Philly 
doesn't really have those guys. I mean, like I wouldn't count Tobias Harris as an X factor guy. He kind of is just an expected going to give you mm-hmm. 15 yes. type guy. DeAnthony Melton definitely probably has been that guy for them so far, but they don't have the random role players that could not random. I shouldn't say that because all the Celtics role players are probably the best role players in the league for with, sure. Yeah. With I mean, Derek White is incredible at, at the game and he plays so well with those guys. The Sixers just don't have that. I mean, PJ Tucker isn't that guy yeah. like Derek White is. I mean, PJ Tucker, like you're you you don't, if he scores points, you're that, that's like wow, that's the X factor. Didn't he like, have zero the other one of the I think nights? He's, yeah, I think I don't even think he shot the ball. Like oh yeah, that was actually the first. That was some record. Like most yeah. minutes played without even shooting the ball in a game ever. Like <laughs> it's just insane. It's hilarious, but it's, he just I guess he doesn't really have to. No, unless um, it's in the corner. I guess we didn't even mention Joel Embiid won the MVP award, mm-hmm. uh, which is super cool to see. He was very emotional about it, which is awesome to see that, you know, obviously this obviously meant a lot mm-hmm. to Embiid. He's mentioned that multiple times that this was he wanted to win the MVP award, but they got more on their mind with winning the championship, but Boston has just dominated Philly in the so, last so many years in these playoffs and Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to end. Who wins this game today though between Philly and Boston? I mean, we need we need to have another not the the 45 point game that James Harden had in game 1, but he struggled to score the ball mm-hmm. ever since Embiid has been back and Embiid hasn't really had that dominant game yet. Uh obviously Boston is trying to prevent that, but who wins this game today and then who wins the series? Backs against the wall, home court advantage, need to tie the series up 2-2. I am going to go with Philly in this game, but Boston's going to end up winning the series. Uh, and But I could see the gentleman sleep, sweep yeah. here. and uh, They go up and they could win this game and then win the next one and just series over. But I'm really hoping this goes 6 or 7. Yeah, I think this. I think this will go at least six. I feel like Philly. I don't know because if Boston wins today, I mean it's probably it's over. it's over. But Boston was weird because in the first series they were up three one on the Hawks, go back to their own place for Game Five to yeah. close it out and lose to a team that didn't like. Jante Murray wasn't even playing; he was suspended. So, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so Boston obviously is a little bit different. You know, the Hawks are much less of a threat than the Philadelphia 76ers are, mm-hmm. but. Did I say they're le- yeah they're less of a threat yeah. yeah so I think that I think Philly wins today too I, I agree with you I think that Harden is going to have a better game today uh, and Embiid has definitely just got to get it going early which he can do obviously it, it, he won the MVP award so it's like he needs to show that he is the MVP of the league going with Philly but yeah I'm gonna say Boston probably also ends up winning this series and then the other game today at eight o'clock tonight we have. The Denver Nuggets were up two games to one over the Phoenix Suns. Game four in Phoenix. This is a crucial game here. Uh, last game, we had an epic performance out of Devin Booker. Probably one of the best games. Obviously, the Jimmy Butler game was probably the best one so far this playoffs. But Devin Booker put on a show. Uh, him and Kevin Durant, I'm pretty sure, were the only Suns in double figures in that game. And yet, they still won huge, <laughs> uh, which is just hilarious. But... The Nuggets have looked really good. They, Jokic has played very well. Jamal Murray has played very well. Aaron Gordon has done a phenomenal job on Kevin Durant. Uh, but this is a, another really important game because if Denver takes this one, it goes back to Denver, up three games to one. Not something that you want to happen if you're the Phoenix Suns. Especially in Denver. I mean, Denver has the home court advantage of being uh, so high, it's harder to breathe, all of that stuff. Jokic has looked incredible this series. But, I mean, Devin Booker has now solidified himself as the number one shooting guard in the NBA. It's, oh, not, yeah. it's not even close. 20 of 25 shooting for 47 points. 
is ridiculous from a six six guard. And he didn't shoot them free throws to the he didn't shoot any free throws to the last two like ten seconds left of the game, shot two free throws. That's one of the most incredible stat lines I've ever seen yeah. in the playoffs. To miss five shots. I don't think people realize how hard that is to do. To make twenty shots is <laughs> even like that is a lot of only shots. for forty seven points. Like <laughs> that's all mid range buckets. Just yeah. Getting to the mid range, getting to your spots, rising up and knocking them down. He has been incredible this series. I've I've really really gone back to the Devin Booker. This guy is awesome to train. He is so much fun to watch when he's balling the oh, way yeah. he is. And he had what like nine assists, six rebounds Something like to go that, around yeah. with his forty-seven points. <clears throat> so impressive. I really hope Phoenix wins this game because I want this to be the seven-game series with the way Jokic sure. and D Booker both playing. I, I can't get cut short of that. I need to see more. Uh, Jokic is again has also been unreal. He looks unstoppable at some moments because he gets the ball and it's just so slow and lull and lull. Oh, I'm gonna lift my leg, do a little Dirk fade, and it's money. Right, and he just feels it feels unguardable. One of the top actions in the last eight years or ten years in the NBA basketball is the Jokic post up, and you can totally see why in this series. Because there's so many opportunities, especially if he gets in that high elbow area where he's got so much to you know. If he gets it in the short corner. You could kind of limit him a little bit, but like you get him in the more of the middle of the floor, like there, there's nothing you can do. He's gonna score on whoever is guarding him. You send a double, he's gonna find the open guy, <laughs> and they they have such good ball movement there. Unless Michael Porter Jr. catches it, he will not make the extra pass, <laughs> but he'll probably make it though yeah, either yeah, way. Yeah. So yeah, this is gonna be the Suns. The, their formula last game to win was not really like what you wanted it to be. Because it hasn't been the whole with, series. It really hasn't because with Chris Paul being out which I don't know if he's been officially ruled out for tonight's game. It sounds like he is going to be out, though. I'm pretty sure he's doubtful. Uh, but at this current moment, he has not been officially ruled out. So there is a world where he plays. But even with, with him or without him, they they really need to do one of two things. One, get KD going early. Because this is something I've talked to Ivan about. Ivan, obviously, is a, is a Suns fan. K, KD has started out almost every single game, like 0 for 6, 1 for 6, 1 for 7. And... And then he tries to, he has to get it going. But like when you already are off that bad start and the type of shots KD takes, mm-hmm. which are the toughest shots on planet Earth, like it's hard to con- to find that consistency that KD is used to. Luckily, Devin Booker has been phenomenal. So like it's it's paid off. It takes a little bit of pressure off KD, obviously. But they got it. If, if you can't get KD going early, you got to get, I mean, like the, the thing that they had in series against the Clippers. The, that DeAndre Ayton mid-range shot. It mm-hmm. was there all series. Zubac is sagging off. Even Plumlee was given space. And Ayton is one of the best mid-range shooting centers in the whole NBA. Like, he was, he'll he make you pay. Jokic hasn't been giving him that shot at all this series. So, the, the, you can't really get Ayton going because he doesn't he doesn't finish very well yeah. around the rim. Um, <laughs> so funny to say that about a guy like DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, I mean, he has, like, he has that really good, like, push floater yeah. shot. Like, that's a shot that I, I always talk about with, like, Duran and Beef Stew. Like, if they get that, I'm going on a tangent here. But, like, <laughs> no, that no. little push, one-handed push shot, like, from eight feet away from the mm-hmm. basket. Like, that's such a such valuable an awesome shot. shot too. And Ayton's really good at that. Mm-hmm. And he's good at the mid-range shot as well. But Jokic has not been allowing that on him this series at all. So, Ayton can't get going. Torrey Craig was knocking down threes in the series against the Clippers. He can't get that going. Who else is going to be able to score for this Phoenix Suns team when you have, like, you can't rely on Devin Booker to have 45 again, you know? Mm -hmm. Whereas, obviously, they still won the game pretty handedly. It got close at the end a little bit, but if KD continues to 
because Aaron Gordon is just doing a great he, job. It's not like Katie sucks or anything. Christian obviously. Brown did really well the one game. Yeah, exactly. He did really, really well. Bruce Brown has done a good yeah. job as well. Like they are, they're throwing different bodies at him. Even Michael Porter Jr. gets his times, but. When you're really letting Devin Booker do most of the scoring, it at some point, like, he's not going to be able to yes. do Yes. I mean, if I'm the Nuggets, I am okay with losing a game the way you did the uh, last game. I'm, I'm fine with that. If they you, if you have to beat me taking tough mid-range shots the entire game, then you, you're just a really good player. Uh, as long as they're not shooting threes and getting layups, you, you have to live with those shots, those mid-range shots. It feels like the Suns formula for winning is to just eh, well I guess we're going to get to the mid-range we're going to take some tough-ass shots we're going to rely on KD and Devin Booker to make them if they don't we're screwed because they don't have much of an offensive system where they get easy looks for everybody if uh, the Nuggets everybody gets an easy look throughout the game and a lot of them everybody and that's the way Jokic plays the Suns don't get that it feels like they take a lot of hard shots which they do every good shot and they do I just don't think it's the formula to win a championship. I don't think I think at some point you have to get the easy buckets. You gotta make some threes. <laughs> this is something the Suns have not done all year is make threes. They don't shoot them. Uh which is it's a math game. It's a numbers game. One team shoots them and makes them. It's worth more points. Uh I find this series super interesting because we're watching two different styles of basketball really clash. I think I'm really hopeful the Suns can win today. Yeah. I really hope Devin Booker comes out and balls out, but I just don't know. It's so much to rely on that type of player for that. And, like, we haven't gotten the big KD game yet, yes. too, and, I, and it has to come at some point, and maybe it's tonight. I think it definitely could be tonight, but if he gets going, and, like, the threes thing, like, definitely plays a role, but, like, last game, Phoenix shot a lot of threes, and they made a lot of threes, so it's, like, it just kind of, but it was a, a lot of Devin Booker hitting a lot of yes. threes, you know, where he took a lot more threes in, in last game than he has prior in the series, so... It's going to be interesting to see. And if you can just get somebody else going, if it's Damian Lee, if it's campaign, you know, who probably is going to start again tonight if Chris Paul is out. Like, they, they got to just have somebody else hit timely shots like they did in the first mm-hmm. series. Um, whereas Denver, they have plenty of guys like that. Yeah. You know, KCP has stepped up a lot. Aaron Gordon, you, you mentioned Christian Brown, Bruce Brown. Like, those guys are, they're stepping up on a nightly basis. So, I think Phoenix wins tonight. Who wins the series, though? Oh, it's hard. I think Phoenix for sure could definitely still win. Like oh, for a thousand sure. percent. For sure. This series um, is not out of reach. But Denver, I mean, they 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 probably look like the best team standing in the playoffs mm-hmm. right now, you know? So I, I would say that. They're they're right now they're my favorite to win it to win it all. Yeah. Right now with the way they've been playing, but that's obvious. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna come back because I have a question that we'll like we'll make after we do go through all these series. So I'll come back to this who wins the Denver the Denver gotcha. series. Uh what did you think of uh Jacques Londale? With DeAndre Ayton getting subbed out at the end of that game for Jock Londale. Yeah, that's I mean, a that's a huge story for a guy that you're paying all the money you paid him, didn't really want to be there in the first place, and now all of a sudden we're back to the playoffs and we're back to sitting him at the end of games. Yeah, I mean, I mean they, they put him in. They put him in and said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna try again." Jock Londale's had a great game. We're gonna put you in with eight minutes to go. Let's see what you do. Oh man, three minutes later they're like, "Oh no, we need Jock Londale back in the game." Aiden just he struggles to rebound. It's that it's that simple, you know. Like in you you have guys like KD who has been getting a lot of rebounds in this series because DeAndre Aiden does not rebound the ball at a high level compared to Nikola Jokic, you know. So like, so there's funny. so many second opportunities, especially with and if like let's say Phoenix advances, 
and takes on the Warriors in the next round, like, like hypothetically, Suns, Warriors, like the offensive rebound, we saw how much that killed the, the Kings against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Like it would destroy Phoenix just because of the second chance opportunities. Guys like Looney and Green, they're not going up right away after they get that. They're finding other guys. For threes. Denver's the same way. I mean, Jokic, obviously, if he gets offensive rebound, he's going to put it back up. But he has the vision, you know. He he senses where Michael Porter Jr. is. And Michael Porter Jr., he crashes the boards too. Yeah, he does. Aaron Gordon has been rebounding the ball well. Like, they that's the one part about Phoenix that is tough is the rebounding. Because, like, Kevin Durant has rebounded the ball well, for sure. But he's playing that four spot. And then you have a center that isn't the greatest rebounder as well. When you're playing a team that rebounds the ball at a very high level and they get out and transition and run, it's it's not a formula to, for Aiton to, to yeah. get minutes, you know. So, but obviously he has to be out there still be, just because of Jokic. But and I think Aiton has done a solid job on Jokic defensively. It's just the rebounding is definitely he just gets out hustled, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's what it is. Yeah, he 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 doesn't just go get the ball. Jokic is always going and getting it. And I think that's a big part of rebounding. That's un, uh, I would say underrated is just a player's ability to go get the thing. Okay, it's in the air. Who's going to come down with it? Because a lot of times it's a 50-50 ball. DeAndre Ayton doesn't get those. Right. It's so, so weird with the, how he came out of the college. You know, this is David Robinson, and now he can't rebound the ball very yeah. well. Especially, and I think it's hilarious against Jokic. Uh, he struggles so badly. I mean, I know Jokic is so strong. But he can't jump. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he doesn't jump. You can barely. He just does that tap. That yes. he, he'll tap yeah. around until he gets it. Yeah, that's what he's <laughs> that's what he's good at. So we'll see what happens with this game tonight. But yeah, I, I think Phoenix wins tonight. I think they feed off of the game they had last game. I but Denver's definitely going to be honed in on Devin Booker, especially after last game. Maybe that allows KD to go off because it seems like it has been. We are stopping KD, you know, mm-hmm. like that's been the, the the memo for the Nuggets and it's worked, but Devin Booker is now allowed to get in his bag and just go off every single one of these games. I mean, he's averaged like 36 points in these playoffs. Like that's unreal. So we'll see what happens tonight. I'm going to say Phoenix wins tonight. I'm going to go Denver wins tonight. I, I, I think Denver has looked really, really good. Uh, I think they're going to make their correct adjustments to make maybe J- Christian Brown plays a little bit more and maybe he guards Devin Booker. Maybe you give him a shot on De- Devin Booker. This team has a lot of great wing defenders between yeah. Bruce Brown, KCP, Christian Brown. I mean, Aaron Gordon's even a great wing defender. Yeah. I don't think you'd stick him on deep book, but uh, they have a lot of options. I just want to see them rotate through them and see which one's working for them or maybe just keep fresh legs on them all right. game. Uh, I'm really excited to watch that game today. Yeah, definitely. This is going to be a really good one. Uh, and then moving on to the games tomorrow that happened yesterday on Saturday, we have all out in the Eastern Conference, the Miami Heat took a 2-1 to game lead over the New York Knicks. Uh, they play at 7.30 on Monday night. Uh, in game three, this was a game the Heat kind of just were winning from the jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was this been a tough series to read because obviously in game one, uh, no Julius Randle. And then in game two, no Jimmy Butler, and they split those. So it was like, you really can't tell what's going to happen in this series going forward. We had the first like healthy game between these two teams, and Miami just had it going from the jump. Yeah. They, they got out to a 10-15 point lead, and it kind of stayed that way the whole game. No one could get it going for the Knicks. Jalen Brunson is the only 20-point scorer. Uh, this has been a low-scoring series. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we expect that with these two teams. I mean, these are two very physical teams that rebound the ball really well. Uh, but Jimmy Butler had a good game. Obviously, Bam Adebayo really controlled this game very well. Uh, and then you got a game from Max Struess that really like helped propel the Heat in this one. Uh, they take a two to one lead over the Knicks. 
This this series just screams Game Seven. It, it, it has to. Yeah, uh, these teams feel so evenly matched and feel so up in the air. It's just whoever's having a good game. I thought Jalen Brunson was going to come into this series and just dominate the Miami Heat. I thought they weren't going to have an answer for him. Uh, Gabe Vincent has really really impressed me this series. I think he's done a great job, even though he he had four points or something the other night. Say game three, he definitely struggled shooting yes. the ball, but well, the other things he does, the fact that he he's now the had, he's got the starting role over Kyle Lowry is is crazy to me. And Kyle Lowry actually had a great game off the bench. He's he had been like good 18. in these playoffs, yeah, uh, basically. But Gabe Vincent, he's really impressed me. I thought Jalen Brunson was going to dominate. Jalen Brunson hasn't done that. Uh, it's just been two two good teams going at it, and it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who I'm gonna. I mean, we're not gonna predict like the next game just because it's like it's on Monday or anything. For this series, though, dude, like I feel like the Heat just are gonna win. Me like, too. Like, okay, here's like the question: Could you see either one of these teams making the NBA Finals? No, no. But like, if you had to, like, what what team could you see making the finals over the other one? Miami. Miami. Right? Yeah. Thousand percent. So like, that's why I think Miami's gonna win this series, even though like the Knicks are probably the better team. They're more well-rounded. They have more options. But Miami, just we know that it wouldn't shock us for them to, yeah. to make the, the finals. And that sounds really weird to say, but it's like I saw something today, too, that was really funny. All the teams that are in the lead in these series are the four conference finals teams from the bubble, actually. Nuggets, Lakers, Heat, and Celtics, which is just like kind of cool that it's... Mm-hmm. Well, the, the bubble, bubble is fraudulent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, it didn't but, exist. But, you know, it's whatever. But now that we're not in it and the teams are still good. And the teams are all, like, the same for the most part. Like, Except for the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers are pretty similar. Like, they're yeah, still yeah. led by LeBron and AD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just role players around yeah, them. Exactly. Really good role like, they're, players. They're yeah. basically all Built the same Built the exact teams. same. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Heat, Knicks. I'm going to say the Heat win this series. The Knicks just have to, they have to get more scoring from other guys in this mm-hmm. in this game four. Uh, because the the defense from the Heat is obviously going to be there. They're going to be up in your face. So was the Knicks, though. So I'm excited to see game four of this one. I'm going to go Knicks in this series. I, I just want to see New York. I've never seen it before. I want to see them in the conference finals. I yeah. want to see the energy. I want to see Madison Square Garden. I want to see Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum playing there four times, hopefully. Or three times is the max, actually. Uh, I, I really want to see New York make it. So good pick That would be York. sweet. All right, moving on to the series that has been Pretty weird so far. The LA Lakers took a 2-1 to game lead over the Golden State Warriors last night in a really weird game. Uh, this is Game 1, obviously, was a tight matchup between these two. The shot from Jordan Poole, uh, which we can get into. Game 2, Warriors blowout. Game 3, Lakers blowout. And a Game 3 where LeBron James like didn't score his first points until five minutes left in the second quarter. Like He, he was playing very tentative in this one. Uh, but you had D'Angelo Russell have an absolute mm-hmm. masterclass at five threes in the first half. Anthony Davis was getting it going, and they were just they were hitting on all cylinders without LeBron even having to score. He was just facilitating the ball well, and the Lakers take a two to one game lead. Did you see the uh, the Have you seen the alternate stats or not alternate, but the stats for AD and the good game bad yeah. game? It's so interesting that that's staying. Like I know we can assume Monday he's gonna have he's a bad probably game. gonna have a bad game. Yeah, like I mean <laughs> stats show. Uh, I don't know, but uh, I find this series has been super fun. 
Uh, I saw a bunch of, it was finally, I saw the post that LeBron is now washed officially, uh, <laughs> which is so, so funny. Hey man, I don't think so. They they won the game. I mean, they, like, they ended he up winning. Feeding his and other he guys. had 21. Yeah. I mean, he did end with 21. And he shot the ball well. He just didn't shoot it a lot. Like, he he was, just didn't really shoot the ball very much. He just played passive, yeah. hit that corner three in the second. Uh, AD is, is so impressive defensively. It is unreal. It's, it's back to Kentucky. It's this guy who sits at the rim and just sends shots all yeah. over the place. Or you try to shoot around him because those arms are long and you're not getting anywhere. AD has been so impressed. I'm so happy to see him be so good. And I mean, it, great, a good game, bad game, good game, bad game. But defensively, it's always been there. Oh, yeah. He, he hasn't lacked one time on the defensive side of the ball, which is what he is great at. It has been awesome to watch. Uh, I, I hope he plays enough games next year to be a depoy candidate. I, that's like kind of my hope. Right. Probably uh, won't, but he probably won't. <laughs> he, he don't. Uh, but man, is is this series been fun to watch? The Warriors. I love the fact that Steve Kerr made the adjustment in Game Two. To you saw how the Lakers regarding them. They're sagging off Looney and Draymond a ton, which is uh, totally makes sense. I'm surprised. So then the Warriors counter that by getting the ball in Steph Curry's hands. So you have to step up in ball screens because if he gets hit, if your defender gets hit on a ball screen and you're sagging, Steph Curry's hitting a three. So I love that uh, change, the system change for the Warriors. I expected them to do it more in game one. It was kind of my thoughts as I was watching. I saw the sag and I was like, well, just get the ball to Steph and then let him actually play point guard, which is what they did in game two. And he had, what, 11 assists and like 12 yeah. points or something. He was incredible and just made, he was throwing dimes. I mean, throwing a ton of hook passes, one hand passes. He was playing awesome. Uh, I hope they continue to do that. It's it's clearly the the answer. We saw Lonnie Walker get minutes for the Lakers the other day, uh, and he balled out with his opportunity, uh, which is so Max cool. Max Christie got in the game last night too. It was cool to see. That is, I didn't I didn't know that, that Max <laughs> yeah, Christie played some minutes. Yeah, of, garbage oh, time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that Jared Vanderbilt has done a phenomenal job as well. It's so fun to watch him guard Steph Curry just because of his size. I mean, he is a six foot nine large guy that is fast enough to keep up with Steph Curry you know like it's it's really awesome to get to be him and get that role to guard Steph Curry it's got to be an honor because you know how difficult it's going to be and I think he's done a great job this series has been weird though I mean back to game one I want to talk about because we haven't got a chance to talk about this uh the Jordan Poole shot obviously uh, the Lakers were up by three points and uh Steph Curry's being heavily denied Ball gets swung to Jordan Poole, who is open on the wing, pretty deep, probably a, a near 30-foot jump shot probably with about nine, eight seconds on the clock, misses it, uh, and the Lakers steal game one. Obviously, it's old news at this point because they ended up winning game two, so it, it's it's not like it was the end of the world or anything. Yeah. Uh, but what what did you think about that about that play? Because it's a pretty controversial topic right now. Yeah, immediate reaction, what a terrible decision. But the what, what really happened on that play was – uh, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole took way too long to get over half court and allowed Steph Curry to be double teamed. If they cross half court, it probably is a lot harder to double Steph Curry. But Jordan Poole is open. Whether whether you like it or not, that guy makes twenty five million dollars a year to make jump shots. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's a bad shot. I think could he have stepped in? Probably. Uh, I don't know, but probably. I definitely don't think it was a bad idea to try Steph and Orbiter's pump fake because I don't know who did the closeout, but they, they went flying on yeah. the closeout. Probably could have pump fake taken Steph in. You had, you had a lot of time on the clock to get a better look. That 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 was the issue. Was It wasn't a it wasn't you know a second on the clock and you had to shoot it. 
it was he had eight seconds left to probably get a better look. The Lakers were already scrambling defensively. You definitely probably could have gotten a better three. So I'm going to say uh, bad shot for that that point because you you definitely probably can get a better look. See, I I kind of disagree. I you cannot count on getting a better look though. You know, mm-hmm. like like because the worst thing to me is at end of games when you don't even get, get the a shot. Look, you know. Like that is the worst part of of an end of game, especially that play wasn't necessarily drawn up, obviously. Mm-hmm. But like when you draw something up and then don't even get a chance to get the shot off, like that is so frustrating, you know. As a fan, just as watching the game, I really don't think it was a bad shot, like at all. Like I like I understand, yeah, it's deep as hell. Mm-hmm. Like, but if that, it's just it's the fact that it's Jordan Poole. That's why everyone has a problem with it, you Facts. know, because he's been this guy that you know has been poor offensively, where he. Kind of, he makes a lot of flashy plays and makes some bad decisions. Yeah, definitely no makes doubt. some bad decisions, especially in a efficient offense like the Warriors. <laughs> um, but Jordan Poole also had six made threes on in the game. You know, like he was he was having a one of his better playoff games so far, if not his best playoff game of this series or of this playoff so far. Um, and he's open. Steph Curry's not going to get open. You're not going to no. be able to get the ball to Steph Curry. You're not going to be able to get the ball to Clay Thompson. They're both being face guarded. So either you take that shot. Or you you say okay it's too much time let me try to get a, a better shot and who are you gonna get the ball to Draymond yeah exactly you know I mean, like I mean he or Poole's gonna end up taking a, a fading type of <laughs> you know tougher shot I really don't think it was a bad shot at all because Poole can make that shot and I you agree. know I so agree. it's it just sucks that he missed it yeah you know? like that, that's the only thing it's but, totally different if he makes I mean obviously yeah but it's old news so it's not mm-hmm. that big of a deal but I just thought that that was that was interesting that people are just so frustrated at that shot of his because I just really don't think it's that crazy of a shot. No, and I didn't think so either. Like I remember it, my it was what Channing Fry and who was who yeah was the, Channing Fry and Taylor Rooks with yeah they were they were Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, yeah. that's terrible! I love that Tyrese was sitting there like no, that wasn't that bad. Like like I, we I really all didn't think it was. That I didn't bad. think it. Like, I didn't think it was. I didn't think he was like too deep to shoot it. That's the thing when it went off his hands, I was like. It's got a chance. Yeah, like, exactly. It's a good like, looking shot. You don't. He doesn't shoot that, and you're like, oh no way in hell that goes. <laughs> exactly. In. Like, you know that, like, oh that could go in. Like, yeah. <laughs> like obviously, We've seen him do obviously, it. yeah. You'd want him to be a couple feet closer to the hoop. Obviously, you know, but like, it's just not the way basketball works. And like, and and then he, if if he does pump it there and takes a dribble in, and then it's just like, okay, maybe they close out in time again where he can't get a better look. Or the off-balance shot, off the dribble, maybe he's less comfortable with. I know Poole shoots a lot of off-the-dribble threes, but, like, it's just there's so much, like, what if if yeah, he doesn't so shoot that shot. And, like you said, maybe he could have gotten a better look. You know, they were scrambling. He definitely is a chance. But I'm willing to take the chance that you don't get even get a shot up, mm-hmm. so might as well just shoot that one. Yep. You shoot it, you get a chance for an offensive rebound, too. It's just, like... Because everyone says there's too much time on the clock to be shooting. You have to get, like, you have to give yourself a chance. What are you going to do? Rebound. Shoot it with one second left? Yeah. And like you need to at least get a chance for a rebound or a foul, and they miss. Like it's the playoffs. This isn't like a regular season game where it's like I'm shooting this at the buzzer. We either win or we go to OT. <laughs> you know, or we lose or we go to overtime. Yep. Like it's you need to have all possibilities. So I think people are just like totally in the wrong mindset if, on that. Shot. If it wasn't Jordan Poole, if it was anybody else like another role player who doesn't play like Jordan Poole, uh, he's not a role player, but you know what I mean? Like uh, if that's Wiggins? No, I mean, but if Wiggins is shooting that, it's weird because Wiggins terrible doesn't shot. shoot that. Yeah, yeah that, that'd be a bad shot. But like, I don't know. Steph or Clay is the only guy. Poole is would... paid and expected to do that. Poole shoots threes like that. <laughs> like, like he that does is who that. he is. And I, yeah, I just, 
interesting debate on that one. Um, okay. As of right now, through game three of each series, who is in the NBA Finals? Uh, I I mentioned this the other day. Denver, not on here by any means. Denver Nuggets and Boston Celtics are my teams. I think right now when you look at it, if the Lakers can beat the Warriors, I think the Lakers do have a really good chance against Denver. Now, if the Suns beat Denver, I don't think the Lakers have as good of a chance against the Suns. Right. Uh, I think Jokic is a serious problem. I think he'd be a matchup issue for the Warriors. I think Kevon Looney is great, but I could really see Jokic just going to work on Kevon Looney. And but they beat really him well. last year in the playoffs, So, but obviously no Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. in that series. And that's a big difference, yeah. a huge, huge, huge difference. And then Boston on the other side is just clearly the best team remaining in the East. Uh, with Milwaukee, I feel like the moment Milwaukee got bounced, it was like, oh, well, I guess it's Boston's East now. It, I mean, nobody's... Who's going to stop Boston? And that that's the question. Uh, I don't think Miami... Miami has a chance. I don't think they are going to. That's why I got Denver and Boston. I think they've got a very likely path to yeah. the finals. Boston is definitely the safe pick, like for sure. And it's like, it's weird because we talked about this in the East. Like, could Philly make the finals? In this moment we're in right now, could Philly make the finals? Uh, yeah. Okay. <sighs> Yeah, but, like, it's not a confident yes. No, not at the all. The Knicks, you say no. No. The Heat is it's not like a confident a, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just the same like thing, Philly. Philly. Boston's the only one where, like, yeah. Then you go through the four teams in the West. Could Denver make the finals? Hell yeah. Could Phoenix make the finals? Absolutely. Could Golden State make the finals? Hell yeah. Could the Lakers? <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. You know, yeah. like, the four teams out West, any of them could make it. Whereas in the East, it's like Boston should be the team. Now, could Miami? Yeah. Could Philly? I feel like Miami has a better chance than Philly. Just I would, because, no, I agree. Just I because agree. Philly's going to lose to Boston, you know? So it's like, so, and the Knicks is like, it sucks. But like, even if the, even if the Knicks were up 2-1 on Miami right now, I would say Miami has a better shot than they do. Just because of the experience that Miami has over New York. Poor New York. When, when will we respect them enough? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I, I totally agree with I you, still, by I the mean, way. like, they, they could make the conference finals. I'm not yeah, talking yeah. about on that, but, like, they're not going they're to They're not going to beat. You can't go to the finals. No. <laughs> like, that's not how they, like, you're not going to. You're not going with Jalen Brunson. I don't want to pick Boston because it's just, like, but who it's else? so obvious. <laughs> Dude, Miami low-key, it, it would not shock me if they beat Boston in the conference finals. Like, I don't just want to say that they're going to make it because they're both up 2-1, but, like... I think they match up well. I mean, K-Love all of a sudden is like, what? there's nothing wrong with K-Love playing dude, 30 that, minutes. The K-Love outlet pass, it's crazy that it's still, <laughs> it still is so effective, dude. He had one. Did you see the one in the game yesterday? He threw it to Max Struess, and I can't remember what Nick defender was down there. Dude was not even looking at the ball. He was just looking at Struess, and Struess just, like, mossed him. Like, if he would have been looking, he'd easily picked it off. Struess just mossed him, gets easy dunk. Like, the Heat, I I'm, I think I'm going to say the Heat out of the Eastern Conference to be fun. Like, I think that they're, this is this run that they're on. They can do it. Mm-hmm. I think they could. In It'd the be West, crazy an eight seed making. I mean, that's never happened yeah. before. No, it has happened before. Who? The Knicks in '99. Uh, it was against the Spurs. Gotcha. Yeah. With, so who would have been on that team? Like, like that was like Latrell Sprewell. Yeah. Uh, like I want to say Allen Houston might have been on that team. He might have been a pissed. Man, now, I do not actually. know many of those guys. Yeah, in like I got uh, Starks. Probably is probably is still there as an old dude. We'll have to, I'll have to do a deep dive yeah. of myself. Um, but Spreewell was like the star yeah. of that squad. That's that kind of was, like, was that when he like blew up? Like, 99, I'm pretty sure, was a lockout NBA season, though. So it was a short season, which obviously like is a little bit 
being an eight seed then versus being eight seed now is a little bit different context, obviously. Was Stephon but. Marbury later? Probably. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would. I would. I would say so. But I'm not 100 percent positive. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think who is the. Who they is definitely the, who are had, the bigs. Yeah, on they this had a team? 42. I feel I can like envision a guy wearing 42 on that team. I don't know a big though by any means. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Miami out of the out of the East just to be fun. In the West, it's so hard, dude. So it's hard. So hard. It's so matchup based. Like you can literally pick any team. Do, do I really think I, I'm not gonna pick Phoenix? But but Phoenix is not under any more pressure than these other teams. Like Phoenix is gonna be make moves this offseason. Gonna be better. Have a better bench depth. And be the Western Conference favorite next year. So, like, it's not the end of the world if they lose. Whereas Denver, Golden State, and the Lakers, pro- I mean, Golden State, not really, just because they won it last year. But, like, definitely still more than Phoenix, just because they if they lose. They're like, getting old. They, yeah, they could, like, they could, it could be the end. Yeah. Um, Like, Draymond's probably gone. I'm bringing it back. Bubble 2020 finals. Lakers heat is what I'm going to get. Nice, nice. Uh, That'd be that's, so That's cool. going to be my finals prediction. The Lakers have just... They've really looked good, man. They they have a lot of options now. It's it's nice to see Austin Reeves is like actually like a really solid role player on this team, which is crazy. And if D'Lo can string together these games, we're not obviously five threes in the first half. You can't count on that every game, but because he was just pretty bad in that first yeah, round series, he was. If he can feed off of this game three that he had and just put up a twenty piece every game, you know, like this Lakers team is going to be really mm-hmm. difficult because that's when. LeBron can start going a little mixy of here and there, you know, of like, I'm going to be the facilitator for this four minute stretch. I'm going to be attacking the hoop at will and getting to the free throw line, even though he's struggled to hit free throws. (laughs) It's it's so interesting to watch this LeBron James because it's the first time in NBA history we've seen him not act like he's the best player in the world. And what I mean by that is he, he doesn't have the ball every single possession dribbling up the court. We see him waving, you know, Austin Reeves is looking to get him the ball. and No, yeah. no, you keep it, dude. He'll All get you. the ball and he'll just like dish it to somebody right away. And he'll be like, yeah, you. Like, That's weird. All like, you. What's, that he, what's he doing? <laughs> and yeah. then it works. Give him the ball back. <laughs> like, you know, like it's it's weird. It definitely is a weird thing watching LeBron be like, because obviously he's always been a passer, but like he's still the guy that like is running the offense and like mm-hmm. it's going through him. Like, no, he'll get the ball and he'll just like kick it to somebody. And they'll just keep it. Yeah, it'll be Austin Reeves' possession. He'll yeah. he'll go to work and make the right pass. The D little possession. It's just like, and LeBron's like not even looking to get the ball. Uh-uh. LeBron's just sitting in the corner waiting, seeing if his guy helps yeah. off and he's going to get the zip and shoot the three. He's basically <laughs> doing what he wanted all of his other role players to do. He's become the best role player in basketball history. Oh, I don't know about that. That <laughs> might be too far. <laughs> <laughs> and he, yeah, because he, he's not that. He, I mean, he's still. Averaging like twenty five a game in yeah. these playoffs. All right, I have a I have a trivia question for you. Through the game three of all four of these series, just so just up to this point, give me the top eight players in three pointers made in the playoffs. Ooh, up to this point, I say top eight because the first four guys tied at fifth. So, uh Clay Thompson, number two at forty three. Steph Curry, number one at forty seven. Uh, the drop off from them two is pretty hilarious. <laughs> uh, Austin Reeves? No. I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, like D Book? Devin Booker is tied for fifth. Okay. 23. I didn't really expect him to be on there. I'm trying to think of the Nugget who's going to be there. And I don't want. I'm trying to get the, that player right. <laughs> uh, MPJ? No. 
Jamal Murray. Yep. Okay. He is fourth with twenty five. So I've got four of the eight. Yep. You yes. You have the guy that's at third, and then the three others tied for fifth. <laughs> I'm gonna say. Uh, Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent is one of the tied for fifth guys. He's that makes like, me feel good. He's like the only obscure guy. Everyone else is like a guy you'd guess. Like KD? No. No. No, I wouldn't guess him anyways. Uh, is LeBron on here? No, LeBron has shot the ball really poorly from three. Uh, Jason Tatum? Tatum is third with 28. Jalen so Brown? Yeah, Jalen Brown is, is tied for fifth as well. Yeah, Tatum is fifteen less threes than than Clay Thompson, and and they're one spot apart. That is insane. Hilarious. So you just have one more guy, actually. Yeah, yeah, one more guy. You got. Uh, I don't know if he's uh, James Harden. James Harden is the last guy. Yes, at twenty three threes. Nick's got nobody on that list. What a surprise! I know. I was <laughs> I was gonna see. Uh, I was really hoping there would be a guy that isn't in the second round that made it because like oh, De'Aaron Fox off. was like right there. Just because they played seven games, you know, and like, because I'm trying to think, like, the Kings, have they played more than the Nuggets have? Nuggets went to five. Okay, the Nuggets have played one more game. So, like, you could easily have guys on the Kings have more than the Nuggets, you know? So, it's like, I thought that that, there could be a chance there. But also, Golden State has played the most games out of any team in in the playoffs so Mm -hmm. far. So, that makes sense. Oh, that does make sense. Gabe Vincent being there is, is pretty funny. What a though. dog. He's a dog. He's a dog. All right. Let's talk about the Pistons uh, coaching decision. Right now, I, it has been reported. I don't know how official this is, but it seems like the the final three candidates uh, for the Pistons coaching job is M- Milwaukee Bucks assistant Charles Lee, New Orleans Pelicans assistant Jaron Collins, and overtime elite head coach, former UConn head coach Kevin Ollie as well. So, um, kind of surprising uh, with Kevin Ollie being there just because he was a guy that was like in talks at the beginning of it. And then it was like, okay, yeah, but he's not going to like be the next coach, you know? Uh, but he is a finalist. Apparently Jaron Collins, he was a longtime golden state assistant. Uh, and then with Willie green went to uh, new Orleans to be a part of his staff. He was a part of, he's a defensive minded coach. Draymond green has given him a lot of credit to kind of being the, the, the mind, the brains behind that Golden State defense back in those their run. Also, uh, that is a guy that definitely could be interesting. And then we've talked about Charles Lee a lot. You know, he's been a, with Mike Budenholzer his whole career, basically in Atlanta and in Milwaukee. Been a part of a lot of winning teams. Uh, and these are all relatively younger. Kevin Ollie's not very mm-hmm. young, um, but Charles Lee is a, is the youngest. I think he's in his forties. Collins is probably in his fifties. And Ali's probably in his fifties or six. Uh, he might be in his sixties. Ali now, was an he, NBA guy, right? For yeah, the Rockets, yeah. he played. Yeah, he played for a bunch of different teams. Bunch of teams. Yeah, he's he was an NBA guy. I don't know about Collins or Lee, honestly. I don't really want Ali. Yeah, like, I, I don't desire the overtime elite. I don't believe in the set that system yet. Right. Maybe I will in a couple of years, but I don't believe in the overtime elite system right now. From what I've seen from it, it's just not. It's not great basketball. It's yeah. just not high level basketball. See, the, for me, the thing that is like the red flag is like, why has Kevin Ali not been in talks in previous years? I mean, he's been gone from UConn for quite some time now, mm-hmm. and he just started this overtime elite thing. But like, we haven't heard his name about a coaching vacancy ever, like in the NBA. You I've know? never, never heard it. And so, like, just now is the time. It just seems that, and like a guy like Charles Lee has been in talk for a while. Jaron Collins been in talk for a while. Been on multiple coaching staffs. Kevin Ali has not been on an NBA coaching staff. Not saying he's a bad coach or anything. Like, yep. I don't, I don't know because I don't, you know. I yeah, I mean, we've seen guys do the college jump to. I mean, Brad Stevens. Exactly. Yeah. 
but he was straight from college. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. He didn't take a five-year, ten-year break. Exactly. So I don't basketball. really like. I I don't really know. And maybe Kevin, I, I don't really know what he did between overtime elite and UConn. Maybe he did work on a staff somewhere, yeah, like maybe I, Team I, USA. He could have worked for. Maybe. maybe I don't know. So. Uh, but I just think it's a little, it would be a, a lot of Pistons fans seem that they don't want Kevin Ollie as well. Whereas I'm not going to be the guy that's like, oh, we hired Kevin Ollie. Like we're never going to, we're scared. Like it's not, the coach is very like, not that important compared to the draft lottery, you know, <laughs> like that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. it really, it really is not that big of a deal, but it would just be, it would be interesting to see why the, what the thought process is with Kevin Ali. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, if, if we, let's say we get Kevin Ali and he does terrible in year one. Okay. We fire him. And now there's going to be new coaches that we can get. Uh, that's, that's the best part about NBA coaches. They don't have to stick around. Right. By any means. A one year fire would be definitely tough though. It would suck for Kevin Ali. And I don't want, and by the way, like we're not getting Mike Budenholzer. He's not coming to the Pistons. I don't want, bud. I don't think I want him either. But like, also like. I don't know though. He wins. He does win. But, like, I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I would rather have our own coach. I want somebody that is our coach. Like, I would love if Lee it got his first job with the Pistons yeah, exactly. and stayed here for 10 years. It'd be sweet. Like, it'd be so cool. I mean, that's so rare. So, that's not – that never, never – I mean, I can't, think, know, I can't think of many guys who have been in the, their coach for 10 years. Like Spall. Popovich. Pop. Steve Kerr. Kerr's been, I been 10 years yet. It's probably close, but though, he right? will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, definitely, definitely close. Will be. Yeah, like, is there any other teams? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Not that I can. Mike, think of. Michael Malone has been with the Nuggets for a while, but not ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah, the other's definitely not a team. Definitely, I don't think we're missing anybody. Yeah, I don't think so either. So, speaking of the Pistons, uh, and I don't think that their coaching decision will happen before the draft lottery, but the draft lottery is on May sixteenth, uh, day before Easton's birthday, so we could get a. A nice birthday present for you. That would be that would be awesome. Be awesome. What day is that? Tuesday. Yeah. Is your birthday Wednesday? Yeah. So Tuesday, May sixteenth. That is almost a, about ten days from now. Something like that. I don't know what today is. Uh, <laughs> today last, is the seventh. Last time we did an episode though, we did a tankathon on a live tankathon lottery simulation on the podcast. The Pistons got screwed over and fell to pick four. Uh, and the Charlotte Hornets won the lottery with the Bulls and Mavericks jumping into the top three. Which, if that happens, I'll be mad. <laughs> I was so curious where that was going. <laughs> so we're doing Amazing. another one today. We're doing another tankathon just because we're trying to lock it in that the Pistons will get the first pick. Yep. Which maybe them not getting it here is good. Is good. Yeah. I don't know. Let's do it. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> The Oklahoma City Thunder God jump up it. from twelve or from pick twelve to pick one. Oh so my god! So not even there. <laughs> it is there. Oh yeah, but yeah. like, oh my god! If they got the first pick, I mean, that's rigged, dude. That, that team so would be rigged. so loaded. The Indiana Pacers jump up from pick seven to pick two. The Portland Trailblazers jump up from pick five to pick three. The Charlotte Hornets fall to four, and the Pistons fall to five. <laughs> the farthest that they can fall, they fall to five. Oh man, this they, is such a horseshit. It literally is. The Rockets, the, the the three teams that are all tied for the best odds, all fell out of the top three. <laughs> the Pistons, Rockets, and Spurs, all tied for the best chances at the first pick, all at five, six, and seven. They fell to the worst spots they possibly can fall to. That would clearly be Adam Silver rigging it so that teams quit tanking. He would. That would totally be That's the true. sign of Adam Silver just being a dick about tanking. Which, like Loki, I would respect it. 
Me too. But like, it just so, sucks that it so happens that our team was like one of the teams that was tanking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, our team just wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah, I don't also. even know where we tanking. I mean, we were the last month for sure. We shut down everybody. Yeah, you're right. Boyan didn't play the last month. Beef yeah. Dude didn't. I mean, even low key. I mean, Cade wanted to play at the start of the year, and we shut him down. We we were... that's a little bit different though. Like that that wasn't in mind of like okay we're nine games into the season we're gonna tank the whole year now yeah yeah you know? yeah like, I guess yeah that yeah. definitely wasn't the it wasn't with the tank on the mind yeah, for that right. um so la- that's it for basketball talk before we get out of here we got to talk about the Tigers because the Tigers are on a freaking roll they've won five straight games they're fifteen and seventeen right now uh, we won the series against the St Louis Cardinals yesterday we finish it off today at game three in St Louis be awesome we get our second straight sweep. Uh, and then next week, we head to Cleveland to take on the Guardians for a three-gamer. Really important series because we're we're right in the same mix in the AL Central right now. Uh, and then we got the Seattle Mariners at home. We walked it off yesterday, right? Walk-off double? Uh, it was Well, we're on the road, so you can't walk it off. But they oh. they took the lead in extra innings, one gotcha. in extra. So, uh, yeah, I was me and Willie were at the Tigers game last week. We went we watched Verlander come back to Detroit. It was pretty awesome. Uh, it, was a, it was a good crowd, I thought. Uh, a lot of... A lot of people there for for a one o'clock game on a Thursday for the Tigers, but it was just cool to see Verlander back. They didn't have Miggy. Miggy didn't play, which kind of was sucked. Like it would have been awesome to see Miggy versus Verlander. Mm-hmm. Would have been sick. Uh, but Eduardo Rodriguez stole the show, though. I mean, it was probably the best pitching performance I've ever seen live. He threw eight scoreless innings, nine Ks, only gave up two hits. I mean, just what a dealing performance out of Erod. Uh, and Javier Baez home run. Landed about me to the end of that couch away. <laughs> that is it was insane. It, I, we went back and watched the replay, and you could see me right on TV. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god! Like, it was it was just so crazy because it, it smoked the like because they hit back to back homers in the yep. first inning, which was crazy because Verlander pitched really well after that. He just gave back to back home runs in the very first inning, and then after that, nothing else happened. In the game. It was two nothing the whole game, but because Riley Green hit the home run. And we were just still like kind of freaking out from Riley Green hitting the home run. Like, holy crap, he hit one like right over there. Like it was definitely farther down. But it was like, that was sweet. And all of a sudden, Javier Baez hits a freaking piss missile at us, dude. Like it was a line drive at us, dude. And it was coming right at us. Like, oh my God, this is going to like hit us <laughs> in the face. And then it just curves and smokes the seat. No, it was a seat that Nolan was sitting in. Smokes the seat and goes right back out onto the field. And Starling Marte did not throw it back up into the crowd, so he was getting heckled the whole rest of the game. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, but it was just so crazy. Like That is insane, because I don't know what it's like to have a baseball hit at you that hard. I mean, it, it, it was like... Uh, was there fear? Like, me, oh, there was, fear? there was major fear. Because me and Willie both didn't bring our gloves. We were going to, both forgot them. So we're like, crap, what do we do if a ball gets hit? So we're like, oh, we're going we're gonna to try to barehand it. Like, that's, <laughs> oh, you know, we said that. Oh, yeah. But like when that ball is coming at you, dude... Like, it is coming in hot. <laughs> and there was a bunch of old dudes, like, sitting. And this this is going to sound rough to say. Like, like it is. Like, they were sitting in the row right behind the row that it hit. Like, they didn't move. Like, they just sat there and watched it. Like, if that hits one of them dudes, like, I'm scared for them. Yeah, you know? for like, sure. I'm definitely like, whoa, like, are you okay? So, well, they were hoping some kids with a glove would save like, them. Like, I was going to pull out the hat, and like, but, like, I, I, it, I didn't have enough time to think about it. It was just like, oh, my God, like, there it <laughs> it's is. It's coming like, right at us. And then there was another one where Pete Alonzo hit one. Like, it got caught, actually, by Matt Veerling right in front of the wall. But we were second row in front of the wall. So, like, we were right there. 
And he hit this one, and it was like it was coming at us and just landed slightly short. But it was just like it just starts getting hit. We're like, oh, my God, here it comes. Like, I will say I've only sat out right field once before this time. and it was, That was, was going to be my question is where's the best spot to sit? It was when I was younger. There. That spot might be my new favorite spot to sit. The outfield. Because, well, especially right field. Because, I mean, left field is probably better for Detroit just because it's shorter wall out in left field. But the bullpen is out there. So unless you want to, like, heckle the bullpen guys, like, you're not, like, extremely close to the field. Whereas it was just really cool being right next to the outfielders. Like, Starling Marte was talk. We were talking to him the whole game. Like, just the whole crowd was. And he kept, like, talking back. Like, Matt Veerling was out there talking to us. Riley Green came up and gave somebody a ball pretty close to us. Marte actually came up and gave a kid a ball, like, that was literally directly next to us in the seat. That is so cool. And it was cool because, like, you just get to interact with them. You get to see. so We just had a lot of action come mm-hmm. our way. Like, a lot of balls were hit our way. Um, and it's so rare in pro sports to be able to interact with the pros yeah, exactly. while they're doing their work. That was the coolest part. Like, you just yell at them. Like, it was. It was and they awesome. hear you. Yeah, like, and they hear you. And it was like this dude kept saying. It was his birthday, and he was trying to get Marte's glove. He kept saying, Marte, it's my birthday. Give me that glove. He just kept saying that. Marte was like, can't give you my glove, man. Like, <laughs> it's my glove. Game. Like, uh, so I, that was just really awesome. Did you uh, play any games with them? Like, I've, you always see the TikToks of, like. Oh, like the left hand. Yeah, yeah. We, we were thinking about doing it. There was a lot of little kids around us. Uh, so I was like, yeah, yeah, I probably don't want to do nothing too vulgar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was pretty fun. Got one of them bat beers. Those things are sweet. That thing uh, looked crazy. Yeah. So that was a really good time, and the Tigers, they won, and they've been winning, which is awesome. Uh, so hopefully they can continue, keep it going. And that's basically it for Tigers talk. Mm-hmm. Well, how far in are, in are we? About an hour. Okay. Uh, we'll do this quickly then. Lions' new numbers dropped. Uh, J-Mo did not get number one. Cam Sutton snagged number one. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. is rocking number zero. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, number two. David Montgomery is rocking number five. Uh, oh, I like that. I, I like that. I like the number five. I know a lot of good players who are number cool five. And then, in football. Uh, yeah, like yeah, who? like me. <laughs> oh, I was like, like, the way you're saying that, you definitely uh, had something. And together. mainly Ben Matthews, the okay. guy after me. <laughs> he was much better. <laughs> Running five. back, though, yeah. Yeah, like, he was much better than I was. Uh, then the rookies, Hendon Hooker's rocking number 12, so he's the next Tom Brady. Uh, Jameer Gibbs. <laughs> he's the next Jameer Tom Gibbs Brady. is rocking 26. Don't know how I feel about the 26. It's interesting. That's wrong. Uh, but we'll see. Sam Laporta's rocking 87, Jack Campbell 46, and Brian Branch is rocking 32. So my JMO number nine jersey lives to see mm-hmm. another day, even though he like called dibs on number one, and I guess the dib system doesn't work. Something's got to happen when you get banned, like right? when you get banned, when you get suspended. Yeah. <laughs> Something's got it. There's got to be a totem pole. Like, you that got to drop you down the pole at right? least a little bit. I mean, the number one had to have been fought and over, though, because Jameer Gibbs rocked number one. At Alabama, I think Brian Brandt. No, I think he was rock number two at Alabama. So, but yeah, the number one definitely was like it's a hard jersey number too. People be wanting that, mm-hmm. so uh, we'll see what happens. But it's super excited for the Lions. Obviously, if you want to hear more Lions, go check out our last episode. But yeah, I think that's gonna be it. Sorry for hearing my stuffy nose all episode. I can already tell like how bad I sound right now. Ugh. <laughs> all right, bye. Peace.